to Film Unit. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Film Unit podcast. We're grateful for you to join us again. We're still talking about LGBTQ plus cinema. But um, for those of you who have just tuned in on this episode, or maybe have only just been said this episode, um, we are an independent-run cinema in the basement of the University of Sheffield Student Union, and we will be opening whenever normality returns, because we're just a group of people who really love films and love putting them on for the local population. We're volunteer-run, so if you're in Sheffield and you're listening to this, please come get involved. We love volunteers. All of us are volunteers. We got in and then... We wanted to stay because we'd love Film Unit that much. So I promise you also will love Film Unit that much. Um, and if you have any, if you want to message us at all about volunteering or about the stuff we say on this podcast, you can get in touch with us at Film Unit on Twitter and Instagram. And we're on Facebook. And you can email us at filmunit at sheffield.ac.uk. But without further ado, we should probably start talking about the, re- the reason people are listening, films. And before that, do you, do you want to guys want to introduce yourselves again? Just for any listeners who don't know who you are. <laughs> okay, so here are your regular hosts. Hosts, uh, Amasha. Uh, I'm Jack. Together with... Sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, no, sorry, like, yeah. No, no. I yeah, now a lovely host, Morgan. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still here. Still talking to a mic about films that I definitely shouldn't have been watching instead of doing work. Um... That, highly relatable content. That, we, we're university yeah. students. We're based in a uni. Everyone knows that you use films and society to distract yourself with actual work. But that's the fun yes. of university. So if you want to distract yourself, get involved with Film Unit. Um, yeah, it's yes. so fun. Yeah. If you did listen to last week's episode, we were, we were mostly ranting about various films. But this week we're going to be talking about particularly gay films. So we're going through the letters. So we all have various films we want to talk about. So... Who wants to go first and introduce their ideas or suggestions? Um, so I could start. So basically, like most films that are about gay men, usually rely on the uh, stereotypes of like kind of twinky men, um, and some often you can like accuse them of kind of falling into kind of heteronormative uh, tropes when someone is yeah. more feminine and the other person is more masculine. But there is also one trope that confuses the hell out of me. So we all, I think, know Brokeback Mountain, uh, Jack Dylan Hall and Heath Ledger uh, cowboy gay film. Uh, it kind of, it is like the American origin from which I think grew out the God's Own Country. It's a British film uh, with the guy that plays uh, Prince Charles in The Crown. Um Oh. And yeah, he's a Yorkshire farmer, uh, and he hires a uh, uh, immigrant worker, and they fall in love, um, and it's quite cute. I really recommend that film. It's really good. Um, and in both of those films, the gay romance happens from the aggression, and I have never ever even heard a story from friend of a friend. Of people who discovered their sexuality that way, because even if someone even like used to be a homophobe and then they realized they were gay, it never happens that way, and it's like the most risky way of starting your gay experience because if the person didn't want to be kissed or even more, it's very much a harassment. Yeah, there is. I must admit, you do see it a lot on TV shows these days of being like 
the reason he's bullying the gay kid is because he's secretly gay and fancies him. It's like, no, that's that's not that's not right. We shouldn't be promoting that as that's how you fall in love by bullying. Can you even imagine just like starting to fight with someone, realize there's a sexual tension, and then make out and start a successful relationship? Yeah, I've 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 never personally experienced that. Nor have I ever heard anyone experience that in real life. I think whose fantasy is that? Yeah, if you're angry enough to fight someone, they're generally not a. I mean, in my case, it's because they've like thrown something on us at it, like a night out or something. That's when you were like, you go, oh, I kind of want to fight someone, but you you don't go that. Yeah, this is the start of a relationship because it's you don't fight over just nothing. So it's clearly this something about the two of you that you don't like in each other. So why would you then be like? Yeah, this is clearly a great basis for a relationship. Or maybe some people do think that's a good basis, and maybe that's why we have so many divorces and breakups in a society. Yeah. And it's even like different than enemies to lovers, because in enemies you would get that like psychological obsession. And in those films, uh, also a film that follows that trope is uh, a Georgian film, And Then We Danced, about um, Georgian ballet dancers. And they also start with, like, oh, they kind of, like, just bump, like, elbow each other and then they start farting. And they also mm. realise they have sexual tension. <laughs> and it's just, especially, like, situational aggression. Because many of them maybe not like each other, but um, just, like, coexist. And it's not like they hate each other. They just express their sexual desire for aggression. But ballet is a very aggressive like I was gonna say sport, but I don't think it's sport. But growing up doing it, every, I think it's, it's ve- a sport, and yeah. we just don't want to admit that it's it's very intense because you're always competing for roles and stuff. I did not care that much, but you could tell there was constant competition between other people because people would have operations on their feet on the Monday and be doing point work on the Friday because you didn't want to miss out on getting stuff. So I can understand maybe the aggression in that film because it's a very competitive environment. But, I'm going, is this mm. is this Black Swan you're talking about? What were you talking uh, about? Just no, ballet. Uh, and then we <laughs> just... danced All right, as well. Yeah, okay. they, there's also a competition in that film. Also a really yeah. good film. And what international films? Yes. Absolutely. That's what, yeah. one thing I miss about filming is because you would get shown international films that you wouldn't come across usually. And they're just, they're always really good. I don't know who finds them and who chooses them. I mean, we don't, no, it's us. Well, not yeah, me. It's, but... it's literally us. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's like very much exactly the committee of film unit and anyone that bothers to turn up to things, like just to be absolutely clear. But most of those are picked by Andre or Reese, who picks like a trillion films. And Who's then Andre? We spend, uh, he's an ex uh, uh, chief house manager. Oh. Uh, also, the person that, that actually got me to run for my first position on film unit. So, oh. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. He, yeah, I did one. Uh, I did one fire officer training with him, and then uh, literally that evening he said, "Do you know what? You should run for chief projectionist." Um, it's like, but I can't project anything. I ah, just do it. And I was like, and I didn't really get it at the time, but now I've got to that point. I know exactly what he's talking about. So it's like you know. Yeah, I must admit, filming is very good at supporting people because I was like, oh, pe- and people I knew were going for committee. They were like, oh, you should come along for the evening and vote for us. And then I, they were like, you should go for a role. I'm like, while I'm here, I might as well. And that's how I got brought into this one. But so filming is very good at pushing you out of your comfort zone to things that are really fun that you wouldn't usually know. And I am going to keep bigging up filming because I think it deserves all the promotion it can get. Yeah, I mean, like filming is easily 
easily the thing I've most enjoyed about university. Uh, like the people I've met there, the things I've done. It sounds really vague and actually kind of violent. <laughs> but, um, like, uh, but the, the, yeah, the things I've done, the regrets I've had, the people I've killed. Um, like, uh, it, yeah, it's it's all uh, uh, for legal reasons that Jack <laughs> have, uh, committed no murders. Hey, they, they they spoiled the film for everyone coming in. They knew what was coming to them. <laughs> the opinions expressed by the people on the show are not the opinions expressed by filming it. It's just, it's just to be clear. Yeah. 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 Uh, but also, if someone is listening and they think, oh, they recommend film units so much, I want to join. We will be having an AGM quite soon. So follow us on Facebook because I think that's going to be the main uh, stream of the um, information. So join us. We really want you to join us. Join Weren't we talking us. about Brokeback Mountain? Yeah, we were talking about <laughs> Brokeback Mountain uh, and uh, fighting into gayness. Isn't that what Fight Club's meant to be parodying? I remember seeing once like an essay about how the whole like heteron, like masculine image and stuff, it's like meant to be almost like a wet dream fantasy i mean that makes an awful lot of sense because as i've told you before like i find fight club extremely homoerotic oh it is it's so so homoerotic like it's great yeah i actually like to pretend that the the ending does not exist and they just become a successful gay couple that runs uh, a fight club See, I actually like to to imagine the ending exists even harder, so that more people listen to the Pixies. But that's that's just me because the Pixies are my favorite band. But Pixies are okay. are good. So if you listen to this afterwards, listen to the Pixies. Uh- yes. <laughs> Doolittle is one of the best albums ever made. Fight me, like the last three tracks of that Sliver, uh, Gouge Away, and I can't remember the other one. Fuck. Mm. What? That's mm. bad. I'm gonna cry. But anyway, so aggression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, no, but anyway, this last is one of the best three ending tracks of any album I've ever listened to. So if you haven't listened to that, listen to the Pixies. You know what I mean? Like, you know. But so I think the whole aggression and being gay is a thing that is even mocked in the three fight club. If we if we get some angry letters about that, I'm sorry, whoever is going to be running film units inbox. But um, I yeah, think. But if someone is really angry, you can go on anchor. Like, do you know? I forgot to tell you. Uh, listeners can go on Anchor and record voice messages for us, <gasps> so we could play them in the episodes in the future. Oh my god! If you are listening to this and you want to send in a film and you want to give us a brief summary or you want to outwardly disagree with us, please send us a voice note or even just send us a message. We will we will reference it. We will bring it in because filming it's about the whole community. We're, well, there's films I've seen that you guys won't have seen. There's films you've seen that I won't have seen. There's so many films are being made all the goddamn time. We don't have time to watch all of them. If you know a good film, please tell us so we don't have to sit through hours of trying to figure out what good film to watch. Okay, on to our next film. Jack, do you want to propose yours? So, hi, editing Asha here. Uh, in this bit, we spoil the fuck out of P- Pain and Glory by Pedro Almodovar. So, if you'd rather not hear it, skip to minute eighteen. Bye. Uh, I would like to talk about uh, Pain and Glory because oh. it's uh, just, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Wait, uh, it's directed by Pedro Almodovar. Almodovar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very also, good. Also, stars Antonio Banderas yes. as, like, Ooh. my favourite role I've ever seen. It's the best role I've seen him in. I, 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 like, I'm sure he's done other good roles somewhere, 
and I, I just haven't seen them. But my God, he's fucking amazing in this. Yeah. You know? Although many people found the film really underwhelming because I saw it at a film what? festival. And I was amazed because it's really fascinating. Like, it is it is underwhelming, but that's the beauty of it because it's very organic to me. Like, yeah. it feels very lifelike. Uh, and he just like, oh, he meets that person, he talks to that person, he does that little thing. But you know, you can feel how much is going on for him personally at that time. Like the acting is yes. phenomenal. Every, yes. In every scene, you can tell this like a dozen things going on through his head, and he's thinking about. And so it's, it's, it's. I want to say it's underwhelming, but I guess if you're going in expecting like it is called pain, pain and glory, so if you expect some like big dramatic thing, yeah, you're I, not going to get it. That was the idea of the film, and I was like, oh, that's that's an old man. Yeah, but like, yeah. So I say maybe un- understated. You know, it's quite yeah. small. It feel it's like feels much more naturalistic than it. But like. I I liked that, you know, like it even starts with this huge weird like uh, 3D animation thing, yeah. like his various life and stuff, and then it kind of just zips around. Um, but yeah, I I thought uh, like is because co- it's kind of a spoiler saying it's a, it's a LGBT film actually. Now I come to think of it, yeah. But it's it's such a good film, and it because I I saw it on I think on a streaming service, and I was watching it just in my room. And I was like, oh, this would be like a nice film to watch and it just it sucked me in like I was completely like hooked it's such a good film and it's just you're right it is very subtlety it is very realistic it's not got this like big dramatic ending it's not got like all these big like dramatic moments but I don't think all cinema needs to have big drama because that's why you have like action movies if you want explosions every three minutes like it's not setting out to do that it's setting out to tell the story and I forgot how much I love it I'm glad you brought that up Mm. I, I'd say it's probably my favourite film of that year uh, It was one of the last films I watched I watched it at the BFI in South Bank Because uh, uh, like, uh, it was my local cinema At that point well, It was a local cheap cinema There was a yeah. fucking Curzon nearby Which is £15 a ticket and Honestly, fuck that Ouch. But, like, you know, like, Normally like, in but... film unit You could watch five films for the same price Also if you volunteer You get it for free If you usher If you reject If you fire officer you don't even have to pay to watch these incredible films. In fact, if you join comedy, you get a free plus one. Yeah, and if you, if yeah, I mean, like, and to be clear, ushering all that you have to do in that is stand next to a door, and we don't even have tickets anymore. We're going to do digital tickets now. I think. Oh my That's god! That's what happened last time. Probably yeah. Although, so you don't I even have to I'm rip tickets. Miss... You just have to bun. I think I'm going to miss paper tickets. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I just have so many fond memories of competing with other ushers on oh. ripping the tickets, how quickly. And when I got really skilled at it, I would feel so powerful. And once I ripped like five or six t- tickets at once, and someone <laughs> actually once. got impressed, and they were like, how at once. much strength? Six, six is very thick. I mastered getting yeah. it to three without ten tickets. Ripped properly and smoothly, and oh. I was so proud of myself. Jesus. See, yeah. as much as I think we're going to go digital, I think people like the paper tickets because I still have like stubs and stuff from when I've like been to film stuff. And people like memories because people, I think, are naturally hoarders. I think we all mm. like, yes, we all like hoarding stuff from memories, especially people who love films. I have mm. so many film tickets that are so faded from being in the sun that they basically do not say the film anymore. But mm. yeah. 
Do I keep Before living? Before joining Minute, when I got so many paper tickets, I actually have a diary from 2018. Well, I would just uh, glue in all the oh, tickets and write my reviews. That's so wholesome. I, I love that so much. That's so good. Oh, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not... But anyway, <laughs> pain and glory. Um, like, like let's... Yeah, but like uh, pain and glory... Sorry to interrupt that. Because mm. like, you know, like... Uh, Pain and Glory, it like honestly though, it was one of the last films I watched before the the bad things happened, and you know, it, like but honestly, I didn't ex- I I I like yeah, I saw the good reviews and I saw the trailer of the BFI. Interestingly enough, if you're under twenty five, the BFI in South Bank also costs three pounds. So actually, we're getting like com- competed at by the BFI. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, in, if in someone London. is considering driving to London, if they live in a <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad more uh, cinemas are reducing the price because cinema mm. should be accessible. That's the whole point that yeah. is the most accessible media. Mm. Yeah, that's why LGBT films are important because everyone should see themselves on the screens that we're able to afford to go see. Yeah. Yes. And also, Pain and Glory does a really good job of not making a big deal of it being yeah. a gay film. Yeah. Mm. It's. Absolutely natural, and I think Almodovar is actually straight. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I I felt like he he gets it. I must admit, it, as we're going through the letters, I do have a couple of his films for le- other later on letters yeah. because he is such a good filmmaker. I I only discovered him this summer, and I've watched so many of his films. Yeah, because yeah. movies supported his uh, filmography a lot this year because I've watched so many, many, many of his films because they just did, oh yeah, this this is going to be a Pedro Almodovar year on movie and I'm just like, I'm just going to watch that, I'm just going to watch that, I'm just going to watch that and it's so good, yeah. especially Volva. Oh my God, not a gay film, but amazing. Let's pretend that this was a good segue and hey, so... uh <laughs> Uh, on the Asher, <laughs> Asher and or Morgan, does you want to bring up another film? Well, and pretend. On the note, we were saying about it, Pain and Glory not making a big thing about it being an LGBT film. On the other hand, Love Simon, because when that came out, there was a lot of a lot of talk of being like, "Oh, look, it's a, like a gay film. It's a gay cinema." It's but compare when you compare it to the other films we've been speaking about that have done a, a bit more subtly. It was very open about, like, it's a, I mean, it's a teenage film. Teenage films are very rarely subtle, no matter what they're about, because I think you can get away with, uh, like, very, like, oh, it's a, te- it's a movie for teens, we can slip anything in there, and the company, companies don't check, because they don't want to watch them films, so you can slip it in. But Love, Simon, I think, is, is a really important film, because I think there should be cheesy LGBT cinema alongside cheesy heteronormative cinema, because, again, everything should be equal, but... It was very hyped up for being like this landmark film for cinema, and I don't know if it was as much. And also, it falls under the same thing of again, it was another. It had a, it felt slightly heteronormative through Simon because he was just. I don't know if that makes sense the way I, yeah, I phrase that. It kind of does. It feels. It feels like the film is clearly a film. Like I don't know if it actually is, but it almost feels like it's a film made by a straight person trying to imagine what it's like to be gay. Um, if you know what I mean, and it also it. Button? I I don't know who directed it and if they are straight or not. But to be fair, to me, I I actually wanted to point out that it's kind of good in representation that they meet yeah. online because yeah. I think that um, 
the emergence of internet is actually the big part of the reason why so many people come out now because it's easier to find your community online and when you feel that there is a community it's easier to come out and many people before just felt like they are the only alien queer uh, in a big straight world and they would be even surrounded by other queer people but they will all be closeted so no one would come out and the internet helped a lot and I know that many many people got into their first relationships being queer meeting the people online Mm. like I'm almost annoyed that you you actually made that a good point because like the way that you said (laughs) the way that (laughs) The, the emergence of the internet and i was like oh yes that that old fangle thing this it's only just come around the last few years you know it's like it's you know, anyway like back in my years another woman would have to dress up as a man and they would be called best friends what? <laughs> you Excellent. know how all like vintage lesbians like one of them would be extremely yes. butch yeah, mm. or it's just like, yes. oh, they they never married. They lived together for fifty years. And they called each other love in letters, and they were buried in the same grave. But my God, what good friends! My, <laughs> what my God, what best really good friends! Like, like, wow, like that is an exceptional friendship. It's almost weird that they were just friends, and that's what they say in all the films. It's just fantastic. Yeah, they just they just live together, spend their life together, eat together, go everywhere together, raise like Parks dogs together, children. <laughs> have children <laughs> together, like yeah, they were just <laughs> such good friends. It's the power of Ag- friendship, guys. Uh, argue about milk, fucking like like where where they, what they're going to have for tea tonight, all of those things. You know, it's you know, sorry, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh sorry. yeah um speaking of historically gay <laughs> gay people in history like have you heard of the imitation game it's a film <laughs> what did you guys think of it i remember bawling my eyes out on it and a week later my mom saw it and she just watched it with a straight face and i actually got really angry like how can you watch that film and not be absolutely sad because it's a tragic story mm. it is a tragic story it also does things for representation in ways that we haven't really spoken about i did kind of speak about the last thing that we edited out but like like there aren't many films about like computer scientists being not incredibly nerdy weird people they're yeah. all straight white guys that sit in a fucking basement and then just just go hi ha 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 I mean, there is a little bit of that sort of thing with the imitation game, but even so, like computer programmers, like program, like you know, we're we're not, we're just like normal people, except me. You know, I am the stereotype, <laughs> and I'm gonna fucking cling to that, like no one's well, kind of the stereotype. I would say but. you shower quite frequently, frequently, so you're still <laughs> not the most stereotypical. I lo- I love how you're like. I'd say you you shower frequently, as if. Just... As if you know. <laughs> yeah, you like, have I no have no idea, idea but... but I just don't think of you and think like, oh, he doesn't shower that much. Yes, but get it's but getting back to not the stereotype, because... Yeah. <laughs> get away from you just know... insulting you, just to be like, yeah, you look like yeah. you shower. Yeah, I'm not really sure. That's also kind of not really an insult. That's a sort of like a kind of like, ah, oh, no, it looks like you don't you shower slightly more often than other programmers. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean you shower enough. A big announcement. Jack yeah. Denny smells nice. 
Jesus fuck. <laughs> 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 I like a disclaimer, it's like, yeah, they well, smell nice. Well. Yeah, I don't know how we follow yes. that up. Well, programmers. <laughs> well, I don't think you can. Um, but like speaking more about the imitation game, it's a great film. Um, and it also, as well as having you know a representation of someone else as a programmer, showing that they're not just a straight white guy that doesn't shower enough. Apparently, that wasn't even one of the things I mentioned before, and you just brought it right back in. But okay, <laughs> you know, but that's fine. Um, like you know, it it also uh, you know it, it it it's a fucking heartbreaking story. Um, I don't like Benedict Cumberbatch in anything. Um, so, but it's yeah, it's Ooh, fucking hot take. Gasp now, it's fine. You know, like oh, I don't think it's that much of a hot take. Like I think that the consensus on the internet is that he was great in Sherlock, and then he has played the same person in every film since then, including the Imitation Game. The Imitation Game just happens to have the script, which, but maybe I just don't like. Yeah, but there's a lot of essays on the homoerotic subtext of the Sherlock Holmes books. Let's not I, call it homoerotic sub, uh, uh, subjects. Let's call it queer baiting because yeah, that was, was clearly it. Yeah, I was oh, say no, I was saying with the book because there's the books, there's the films because like Sherlock Holmes is a really famous character, but there's like this slightly different thing. So like the books, the films, and then the TV show. The TV show has more issues than the books and stuff. But yes, a hundred percent because the TV show is really bad after season two. Um, so, like, I'd argue season two is also fairly crap as well. I'd say oh. season one's the only good season. Fight me. You know, like, you know, like, uh, like, uh, I just saw Morgan and uh, and Asha just absolutely cringe at that. So, like, it, I mean, I have no opinion. It. I tried you know I mean? to watch Sherlock, but the episodes are film long. Yeah. I, I'd rather watch a film, full feature, and not watch how many seasons of Sherlock? Four, and well, a Christmas special. Well, like if you if you define like an episode of Sherlock as just something that's got Benedict Cumberbatch in for an hour and a half, then there's a lot more episodes of Sherlock. They just happen to be called Star Trek. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, <laughs> wasn't it? I thought he was only in the one Star Trek film. Yes, it's Star Trek Two: Enter Darkness, and it's horrible. It's just it's 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 a recreation of Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan, which is a good film and also involves William Shatner going Khan, which is honestly very memeable incredibly quotable um it's not but like you know like uh it also has but basically the same plot which also involves in that film like we uh, we, if we start criticizing hollywood for doing remakes at the moment back on an imitation game this this episode is relevant this week because alan turing is being put on the 50 pound note from this week onwards which we absolutely love yes just sorry He's such an important historical figure, and I think, like, it's important that we put him on the note because he did do so much. Mm. He saved so many lives. Yeah. Mm. Just. Oh, I think that's my responsibility to mention that Alan Turing actually also based his work on uh, work of Polish mathematicians. So we also contributed to stopping the war. Okay. Sorry, but like Polish people make a big deal out of it. And it's also, like, good of, sorry, because, oh, as we spoke before, Jack, you wanted to say that uh, there are not that many films about scientists. And yeah. I think that's due because we really like an individual hero story. Yes. And science work on building on other people, standing on the arms of giant, um, and working Shoulders. in a community. Like, their whole idea of university is sharing mm. the knowledge. Yeah. 
So they don't want to get into details that he referred to that paper and that inspired him and he read that and that and that and that and he probably was educated by many, uh, by work of many, 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 many other people because, oh, that's too complex. We want a superhero. Mm. Yeah, I it. that... Sorry? No, you, you go ahead. I was just going to say about the Polish helping the war because they were part of the RAF, they were part of like the SOE... But they were very important to the war effort, as well as in to inspire Alan Turing. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. It, yes. Exactly. Like. Uh, um. I mean, Alan Turing did do things that he he did like get like like some of the shit he came up with is is fairly fucking original. Like his Turing machines and stuff like that. Like you know, like uh, like this, the the shit he does is still like taught like and is very much like a part of the computer science curriculum even now. Like you know what I mean. Mm. And speaking of which, I didn't really get to talk about it very much a bit before, but like, like, um, like, yeah, like, like, uh, like, uh, like the fact that he's a computer scientist just made it really important to me because, like, there just aren't, there isn't much in the way of that, you know, because you all see them as very, like, very nerdy, very kind of that. And I am a bit of a stereotype in some ways, but in the ways of, you know, everyone's an individual. But on top of that, like, computer scientists, as well as other kinds of scientists as well, do so much. And we've just, like, you know, uh, and we've just, we just, they, they don't get films made about them. Partly because, like you said, they, they need to have a hero instead of, like, you know, a group of people and stuff. But, like, you know, I kind of spoke about this before, but Dennis Ritchie invented the C programming language and also built the Unix operating system with Ken Thompson in the 60s and 70s and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, he died the same week as Steve Jobs and no one ever found about it and stuff like that. And, like, everything that we do, the, the, the computers we're using to record this now, everything is written with C or a language that's derived from C, probably, um, unless it's for some reason you're running some kind of fucking weird, uh, like, uh, recovery OS. Um, but, like, like, uh, you know, like, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's just good to see like that kind of representation in that way. And not just because a lot of the time it just kind of feels like a lot of the work that uh, computer scientists do just kind of gets immediately ignored uh, by the wider public. But like the people that, that just happen to market themselves better just seem to get all of the credit for what like the, the kind of hardcore weirdos, <laughs> you know, just that sit in a corner and do stuff like that do, you know, and I, I just find that's really cool. I'm going to use that as a springboard to segue into another film I want to mention, which is both historical and about the group efforts of group efforts, Pride. It's a great British film, but it's about the miners' strikes and the bookshop that's oh, based in it. it's that film. It's on my watch list. It's, it's a good film. I would recommend it. And the f- bookshop that's based in it, you can now order from online through like stuff. So if you want to sport that bit of history that's even referenced in the film feel free it's gaze the word is that isn't that the name of the bookshop if i'm remembering correctly i think so it's near st pancras isn't it yeah but it's such yeah. a good film and it's such an uplifting and warming film and it's just and it's whole and it's got such a nice message of like the group is what matters and the indi- like you're all individuals and you all have your own things whether you're a minor whether you're gay you can all come together and like help each other and it's such a nice film it's like colorful it's pretty it's got some like really deep heart hit moments, but it's also got some really funny moments, and it's such a good, good film. Just regardless of it just being LGBT, it's just a good film. So I just. Want... It's also set in Yorkshire. Am I correct? This is where. I'm... 
It's uh, it's it's it, the, the the bookshop isn't in Yorkshire. I don't think the I think bookshop. The, I think is in London. It's 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 by St Pancras. Um, but I oh, think, I think that's it, yeah. It's in Manchester. The bookshop, I think is no. kind of the way equivalent. You know the documentary on Netflix, uh, Book of Circus. Yeah. yeah, circus of books. Or it's something. it's oh, a Welsh yeah. village. It's, it's a Welsh, it's Welsh village. It's, yeah. it's oh, not it's Welsh village. Yeah, I oh. thought it was Wales. Just wanted to check. Sorry, but also yeah. like representation of other accents in the UK. But yeah, if you are listening in and you have films set in Britain about with different accents that aren't southern accent, aren't traditional, send send any recommendations. We we'd actually really love to hear them and watch them. But back to back to Pride because it's such a good film and it's I think it's just. Every, no one I've seen it has disliked it, as as far as I can tell. Everyone I've ever seen who's but who I know I've watched seen, it has enjoyed it. I've seen it three times and I cried every time. Uh, uh, I, 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 yeah, the bit like it, there's just so many bits in it that the ha- like it, it's just beautiful. Like I don't know, it, it just it makes me like shiver just thinking yeah. about it. Mm. Not not just because of anything else, uh, not not for any particular moment, but just for the vibe, you know. Mm. If it feels it's yeah, such but a if universe... I imagine correctly the vibe of the film because I haven't seen it yet, like I often <laughs> feel in the film when people organize and they do something amazing and you feel their group power. Have I you seen many those... like British um, like comedy films? Because I think it fits. I don't know if it's just the one film that we watched recently, but the generic. I think there's a certain like British film where it's like a light-hearted, heartwarming film. It has that vibe because a few ones that like. On LGBT, so I won't mention it, but there's very much, I think, I don't know, it just felt, it just feels very British, like a very, like, it feels like a cup of tea. That's how Aww. I could explain it to someone. The film feels mm. like a cup of tea, and God, that's got to sound so British, don't I? Say so it sounds. It's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's kind of like a really warm hug from a whole bunch of people, while yeah. at the same time, fucking. Um... Uh, uh, small town boys playing in the background, and everyone's it's in a fucking rave at the same time. It's like it's it's like a really drunk hug in a very wholesome way between lots of people, and it's it but it's also an incredible night out. Like there's a lot there's a lot to love in this film. Like fucking hell, the soundtrack, my god, it's just great. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, uh, 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 but at the same time, it's also got Bill Nye in it. I'm a fan. You know? Oh, oh yeah, he's so good. It's such a good film. So if you haven't, if you haven't watched it, just go watch it, listeners. It's such a good film. It, it yeah, is. I'm gonna watch it this yeah. week. Oh, Fucking do it! I dare you. I double dare you. Do it. Fuck it, yes, I will. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But just before we go into, I guess, closing remarks, I'm going to squeeze in one film. It's not a gay film. It's got LGBT representation in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Because that makes me cry mm. every single time. That. Well, if we say the funeral scene, does that spoil it? <laughs> there but is. It, it does say yeah, in the but fucking like, it's title. It's very like... important, especially like they they are not very stereotypical and they are like just there. But also, the film understands that this is a very very common problem for queer couples. Yeah. That the funeral suddenly gets very problematic, but it, because the other person is not there to fight their family. Um, mm. See the way you're saying it sounds like that sounds like a boxing match, um, but like, you know, fight your family like you're just just getting clobbering up grandma. You know what I mean? Like, but, <laughs> but like, yeah. But it yeah, and the the poem that's read every time I like see it or like hear it, it just it just gets me to, like stop all the clocks. I think it's what poem is that? It's called Funeral Blues, and it's by W. H. Auden, who 
if I remember correctly from my um, undergraduate degree, the essays, him, he himself was gay. Mm. Or at least wrote a lot of gay poetry and was friends with a lot of gay people in like the 30s. So it's a well-chosen poem, but he does a lot of like really haunting poetry. But Stop the Clocks by W.H. Auden is a heartbreaking mm. and they put it into this film and they it's just it tears your heart out and it's but what i like about the film is that it's they don't make it a big thing like this couple it's like yeah that's that was a couple they loved each other and it's but it's not like oh look these are this is the gay couple here it's mm. not they don't make a big scene about it. it's like no that's just what people are like and they're yeah. both characters have really fleshed out outside of the relationship so you see who mm. they are individually as well which i think sometimes in cinema you get like oh the gay best friend and they are just the stereotype you don't have don't see much else around yeah. them but this film yeah but they are very like individual mm-hmm. yeah and i would want to be friends with both of them because they are just they just seem like people you'd want to hang out with they are just wonderful wonderful characters yeah mm-hmm. i actually like there's so much to tell about it because they don't really explain how they met and there's like a big age gap between them and they probably have like a very interesting background. They have a full grown world of their own, which That's we true. never get to explore. If Hollywood is listening, I'll accept the remake of Four Weddings and a Funeral, <laughs> but it's just about that relationship. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, don't say that. Like, don't, just, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't, don't make, don't make. Please, no, edit all of this out or leave it in. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck that. Do not remake Four Weddings and a Funeral. Or any of that, or actually, if no remake. Love to, actually, because really... it ignores the Iraq War for no reason. But like, you know. But anyway, sorry. Oh, like, don't mention Love Actually. I. It's such a bad film. No. Yeah, Ooh. honestly, not a fan. Like, no, it's, honestly, it, I, it's 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 one of my guilty pleasures at Christmas. It's one of the three films I watch each year. It's Muppets Christmas Carol, The Holiday, Love Actually, because I'm a very basic person. Mm. But oh. you call it a guilty pleasure, then it makes sense. Like because I don't have the nostalgia i saw it for the first time last year and i just couldn't could not stop cringing at like all the cringy bits and yeah i mean enjoy it and just like yeah if you enjoy it from the cringe it's nice to watch i i just it stopped me from enjoying the film it's just alan rickman and oh god the name's gone emma alan rickman uh emma thompson emma emma thompson that that entire storyline is enough to redeem the entire film for me, just because of the, the scene. Yeah, with the songs playing. I yes, it's one of the most powerful moments in cinema. I would argue it gets you know me what every song time. Is? Do you know what that song is? It's, it's Jodie Mitchell, it's, isn't it? Both it's sides. It's Jodie Mitchell, now? both sides now, but it's specifically not the original version. It was actually a version that was re- released later, which is the because and the reason that they do that is because that's on the CD that they give that she, he gives her. Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's that so it actually adds a whole, you know, oh, and it's like ah, oh, it's like it, it's hurting even though this is what he did it. What I don't like mm. about that is that it's the way that it just suddenly heals afterwards with no fucking repercussions to Adam Adam. Alan Rickman. It's just suddenly it's like, and now everything's fine because we've no, but I, did, I thought I, think, <laughs> I didn't think it healed. I thought at the end it kind of implied that they it was still rocky or they'd like separated or something. I, maybe I just really misinterpreted that film. I, I, I mean, I saw it as but if they separated it, again, it never brings up that they just go, hey. And then that's, that's the only way that, that you get a hey and I think they hug 
and after that everything's kind of but it's not brought up whether they separate whether he suffered any kind of consequences for being a massive tool um, yeah but that's also not unusual in the cinema <laughs> yeah but then this, that's just not it. Like, they also fucking ignore the Iraq war. Like, this is exactly the same fucking time that that happened, right? And it also fucking ignores, like, fucking, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Liam Neeson doing absolutely nothing in a film except saying to his son, yes, that's it, go get with this person because that will heal all of your problems, right? That's how you get over your dead mum. I must you, admit, you fucking... I watched Love Actually as a kid and I didn't know it was about the same time as the Iraq war because I was also a kid who wasn't aware fully what's going on. So mm. I, I watched think... it last year and I didn't realise. I only know because of the iconic Sam Kelly review on Letterboxd. Yes. Can I actually read it? Because we already brought it up. Yes. Yeah, and I it's... think it always comes up in a conversation because many people say that was like the best review. That is the best review on the Letterboxd ever. ever. <laughs> yeah. It was it was great. But uh yeah, like, I, the thing is, though, you said it before, it's a guilty pleasure. Don't be guilty about it, you know? Like, there's, like, a lot of people unironically love that film. I think they're all wrong, but that doesn't mean that it's a, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing, you know? That's I true. really like a lot of films, you know? It's, I mean, I did, I guilty, did last know? week slag off Call Me By Your Name for, like, a good yeah. 20 minutes. I feel like if I could do that, I could also stick to my, going to that. I like love, actually, because it's just, it's not, it's not trying to do be fancy. It's not trying to be smart. It's just trying to, make you feel a bit of warmth inside your inside your heart on Christmas. That's it. <laughs> like, I may have said it's okay not to be guilty about it. That doesn't mean I won't slag it off. My <laughs> God, that film goes on for fucking ages. There's no reason. Like, the bit as well with the fucking cards, right? The best thing that's come out of that film is that and then the memes that have come from it where people are dropping the cards and it's got the things on, you know, where fucking man from oh, uh, Also, Walking the card Dead thing outside. is so overdone. As <clears throat> your elections. <clears throat> um... Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah, but also, that's because sorry, they're all trying to copy the if original. If I have an opportunity to say, the girl who did the uh, Love Actually thing for her promotion, she was running for sustainability officer, <laughs> and she wasted 40 pages of uh, paper. I counted. Are you okay? You sound like you're <laughs> deflating. I am. Like, like, oh, it's just, it's, it's, like, yes. I love that oh. you counted. That's the best part of that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. immediately when I saw the pages, I was like, this is incredibly wasteful. And also, the election Highly happened in ironic. March. It's not even a mood for referring to a Christmas film. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's also referring to a film that I think is actively bad, but like that's that's fine. Don't worry, you know, like you know, like but, but yeah. Anyway, there's enough about Love Actually, which Ooh, involves wait. none of the things that we're talking about. I already opened the review, so I might oh. as well just read it. Okay. And as Sam Kelly wrote, did the Iraq War happen in the Love Actually cinematic universe? If so, does Natalie, by reviving the spirit and leadership of Hugh Grant's beleaguered Prime Minister, share some responsibility for toppling Saddam, destabilizing the region, and facilitating the rise of ISIS? Yes. <sighs> Let's just absorb uh, that. Okay, That's I must admit, fantastic. as someone who is actively doing a degree that involves reading into stuff far too much in mm. regards to films and books. Sometimes I think we read into stuff far too much. I don't think... 
Love Actually is setting out to make commentaries on the war. I don't think it's setting up an entire different thing yeah, about but, it. Like, like, aside from that, right, okay, like, if it's, like, if we're getting back into this, because I will fucking talk about it. I get made to watch this every fucking year. So it's like, you know, this is a lot of, I need this, okay? But, like, um, at the same time, like, like, Love actually it's 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 like uh like the I don't you find the relationship between Colin Firth's character and the Portuguese person that's in that like really weird. Like like you know, like in terms of like it just kind of like it, it's sort of like she just instantly falls in love with him and it basically doesn't show her like go like becoming more like like in love with him and stuff. It's just kind of assumed that she would be just because She's a maiden, she's a woman, and he's got a position of power, and then nothing is even talk- spoken about that, especially in the time of Me Too and stuff. Um, like, they- you find that a little weird? Am I just reading, to- kind of finding um, that a bit odd? To be fair, I now fi- start to realise I might have repressed that film, because mm. I literally saw it last year, and I don't remember most of the time, most of the things you speak about. I've watched this many times, and I hate it, so I guess... Yeah, but if you <laughs> described it accurately... It really sounds like a not healthy power dynamic in a relationship. No, no. And then the way that it solves it is that, like, the only way that this can be solved and they can be is to get married, right? Which I think is a very fucking weird way to kind of, like, it goes, yes, they will get married. And the way that this will happen is we'll get everyone in the fucking world to just appear and be a massive stereotype around her. And then just, like, a, and, and then, you know, there's that. But I don't know. Maybe I think I'm Love Actually is very much like a Shakespearean comedy. It's got a lot of problematic things now. Not half the plot doesn't make sense, and it's just about people falling in love and getting married. That's. But unlike a Shakespearean comedy, it will not age very well. Like, it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> Have you seen some of Shakespeare's comedies? <laughs> yes, and they keep getting remade every year, and it's fine. Love Actually will not have a remake that is. Yeah, that like, Shakespeare popular. really lives. Yeah. Especially, I I didn't even realize until I started watching University Challenge, like a solid one fifth of the questions is about Shakespeare. I swear to God. I mean, I can't criticize because my laptop is currently propped up on my um, complete works of Shakespeare to make it the right height. <laughs> so I feel like I can't drag the man too much because he is essentially at this point he's been supporting my entire degree this year through mm. supporting the laptop, yeah. but. Yes, and that is yeah. that that is completely fine and acceptable, but love actually isn't. <laughs> and, and you will never convince me otherwise, but it's I, like and, no. Anyway, we should be getting back to what we're going to be talking <laughs> yeah. about. And actually I think it's gonna be a very interesting point to make because now we're gonna talk about Moonlight. And we've been recording for like fifty minutes, and Moonlight is the first film that in which the gay character is not white. But yes. Hollywood is so white and the, like gay films are so white. Like it, let me get the statistic up because I I want to I want to make sure I'm not misquoting it. But in in the year that Moonlight like came out and won all those Oscars, only 20% of LGBTQ+ plus characters were people of color. 20%. Oh, that's actually more than I would have guessed, I think. Yeah, yeah but that's because of that film as well. Remember mm. that was that's adding to it. So it's 20% of all the films. Hey, is that yeah. all the films that were in nominated for Oscars, or is that nominated? Is that all films generally? Because that's fi- all films generally. That's really fucking difficult to count. It's like, uh, it's using you know. um Glad's test, like G L W A D, because they go through it and they mark it out each year. Right. So yeah, I think yeah. this is out of um about one hundred and ten ish films. 
because they do it because they they do test like there's the uh, Vito Russo test, which basically says that um, they have to actually have an impact on the plot and do stuff. So you know how like in Star Wars Rise of Skywalker they had like the lesbian kiss at the end, nameless <laughs> characters, and they were like, we've represented people, and you're like, no, you haven't, no, you have not, like get out. So it's yeah, like, like tokenism. Who we don't know her. <laughs> yeah, like I, that, that's I've like I, yeah, I, I, like yeah, I, 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 I think just because if you like aggressively go, this is a thing, right? And we're putting this in just so we get to score some points, and that hopefully we get some good mm-hmm. articles written about us, which is an otherwise terrible film. Like all of those fucking Star Wars films, that, like that came out recently, just terrible. <laughs> I have a lot I of like fucking them. really. Really? Yes. I'm Sorry, which, which one really specifically? No, no, no. We've already ranted about Love Actually. We're staying on topic now. We can rant yeah, about Star Wars we, next we're week. We're going to talk about Star Wars. It, it's probably going to come up at some point. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I can see but, your rage. Calm down. Next next week you can have you can have your rant. Not this no, week. No, no. You've it's already okay. had your Love Actually rant. I, I, I'll get over it eventually. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I, yeah. I'll cry myself but to sleep. coming back to Moonlight, what I found, like, unsettling, it was finally some not-white representation of gay people. Yeah. But I don't like the film. Because, I like, it shows those three time points. And I can't understand the continuity of the character. And maybe that's because it's a very different experience from my life experience. But if it's meant to represent very unique perspective you need to tell the story so i can understand that's the whole point to not be in front of a mirror have a window inside uh, as an insight into someone else's life and i watched it and i did not understand it so uh like um in terms of like having chapters i think it's fair it's fair enough to say that most people don't have like a huge screen that says chapter one appearing at the beginning of their life and then chapter two later but like i think it was really good the way they did that because it kind of shows like the different struggles that came at different points in their life you know what i mean Mm, so it wasn't just like if it was like three chapters and they were like each week you know it was like let's say this whole thing took over because of this this is someone's life right this is this is stuff that happens over the course of it you know i mean it's like i i think it did a really good job of examining it like uh, all of the issues that they faced at kind of like various points throughout their life. Like I have my my main problem with the film is that it was too long, but that is always my criticism with everything. So mm. like you know that that that's that's you know like I mean like I think almost all films could be better if you just removed about ten percent to twenty five percent of the film. But you know? maybe the film needed more time. I mean I never mind long films. What I and I like the structure because it's creative to just do those short little yeah. episodes and chapters but you need to write the script in such a way that kind of explains the transition because i i like guess that he kind of just needed to adapt to his culture to his community and be more like straight presenting and gang but also he's not that repressed as a gay man and i it's it's a bit too complex of a mentality for me to be confident in my guess about it. No, I was going to say, I think because the three chapters, it's almost his interactions with other people. So, like, it's the three chapters kind of almost hit up with, like, where he's got important moments that are to do with other people rather than just himself. So it's almost not just about being, like, an individual. It's about your connections to others and whether they 
like support you, whether they look after you, whether like you have like sexual attraction. So I thought the structure was very well done because it's like when when you see when you're friends with people, when you're when you know people, you only see the moments of their life that you're with them or they tell you about. But this film kind of really captures that as being like you're going to see these three moments that are crucial for this character. And you're not going to see everything else because you don't know everything always about what happens to people. People don't tell you everything. People, you don't always see people after time. So I thought it, the way it captured that almost real, very realistically, I really liked that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to hardcore, I, I was going to say something similar to that. But I also like really liked the way that, uh, like, you know, the, you said he wasn't that oppressed. I'd say that he was quite oppressed in that film, like massively. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is it's just like, you know, like... I, I think it did a really good way of like showing like just bits of someone's life and like not everyone's life fits to plot points. Do you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. and then this thing happened and then everything was fine. You know, like or like yeah. and then this ham thing happened and then things were bad. You know, it's like mm. life is messier than that. And like like you yeah. know, not every single day people have like horrific attacks on their on their sexuality for no reason. You know what I mean? Like that does happen. But like I think the fact that it made it smaller made it more real. You know what mm. I mean? It, it 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 made it kind of a bit more like it made you feel the bits of homophobia like way more because you just most yeah. of the time it's just kind of fine and then suddenly bam it just kind of happens and I I thought it was an absolutely beautiful look into this oh. this person's life you know it was just stunning it was just it, it almost felt like a dance you know through this whole thing it was just this this really kind of rhythmic strange kind of but also kind of it was mysterious it kind of it kind of it, it was kind of you know incredibly moving i found it very powerful and i fucking loved that film and i also think it avoids that thing that a lot of unfortunately lgbt cinema does it's like oh look like they're oppressed we're going to show you the really shit parts of being gay being lgbt with none of the respite you're only going to see the real yeah. shitty parts of this person's life you're only going to see the real shitty moments and you're going to watch them just suffer and you don't get to see the rest of the life because you while like you do suffer. You don't suffer every moment of every day. There's going to be, you'd hope this respite in people's lives where they can have like a moment of just, even if it's just sitting in a diner, even if it's just like being in a car where it's just, you can just respite from everything. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, but that's actually not what I was trying to say. Uh, because he was oppressed, obviously. Yeah. It's hard to not get oppressed in this world as a queer person. But what I meant is uh, that he didn't seem repressed so, like, be, some people would be resilient to the discrimination and still be themselves, still feel comfortable. And I couldn't even feel it out if he accepted his gayness or not. You know? Uh, That's yeah. what I wanted to take from the last chapter. How did he feel about his um, identity? And I know that life isn't like that, but film is like that. Film is a way of telling a story. And there was a story, and I still think I didn't hear the full story. And I didn't want a happy ending. I just wanted to understand the the story, just as it is. I I, I think it's also like, the film was much more, it was about his life rather than just being gay. You know what I mean? Like mm. I'd say that, like yeah. him being gay was a part of the story. Yeah. So is him being black. But also so with him doing all these sorts of things. It was an intersection between lots of things. It doesn't have to just be about him being gay. It doesn't have to be just be about that. And in fact, I quite like that. You know, yeah. just because, like, you know, it's also like at the end, he doesn't necessarily have to give you the answer about how he felt about being gay. You know, I, not I think you know a lot of people don't have to say what they they feel about you know the people they love or like how they feel about mm. things. You know, it's just a much more complicated question than that. I thought it it like I personally found it like incredibly messy. 
but in a good way, you know, in a way that mm. make it made it feel real. Like, I highly, like, I don't know exactly like how the, the film came to be written or anything like that. So I'm not going to be like, it feels like so real. It feels like you're almost there. You can almost like smell the air around him and, and fucking like feel the sunlight on your face. You know, as they're walking that's around. That's true. It's yeah. So, that's kind of why I you know, wanted to fully understand it. Because as you said, like there are many plots in that film and being a, black gay person is completely different from being a white gay person um so it's also it it also was intersecting and i kind of just wanted to be told more about just having such identity in that film because it's so foreign to me and I want to know what more happened in the Voodoo Castle in, in fucking um, the True Detective, you know what I mean? But, like, it, it's messy, so you never fucking find out these things, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm saying, mm. even though you don't find out these things, it's like you've always got more questions. I, I'm saying, it like, like you know, like, I, I like there's going to be, like, if you found, followed one person for their entire life and you, you had questions at the beginning of their life that, that may never become answered by the end of it, you know, maybe they've never quite finished dealing with things they never quite fa- finished feeling things in a certain way that like I, I i thought the film was was amazing uh, i think what you're almost saying is that you want more films with this particular intersectional combination because right. it is such because it's like you get again because a lot of the representation is white gays and it's like on especially on tv they're often like middle class and stuff so it's like there's such a there's so many different ways of being and many different types of people that if you go like oh as if even with this like podcast you've covered gay films there's so many different types of gay films and there's so many different people represented but even then that's only a small percentage of the entire world's population if it's like meant to be like one in ten a gay there's no way the films we've talked about have covered every single one of those persons like moonlight if it it shows um african-americans it shows like what's it like living in like the hoods in like poor areas and like and we have a single mum who's like we've got um drug problems like that's such a specific example but there's such a gap between um like moonlight and pride they're not going to correlate in the same world but there's such so basically if hollywood is listening we want more intersectional gay films please please yeah 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 because i'm not saying it's a bad film you did i like we can literally rewind and hear like you know what i mean like this is like it was just not the best and and it I will never call it one of my favourite films, especially like it leaves me unsettled because I have so many questions and sometimes films are open-ended and they pose questions and I'm fine with it but this one just leaves me which is like I don't think the story was told properly. I mean, you could argue the same thing about Twin Peaks. I do not want them to make a fourth season, especially if it's not directed by by David Lynch. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, things have questions. They leave them open. There's always so much more that you want to hear about things, you know? And I think arguably that says so much about like how they characterized and told the story that you do mm. want to learn more and you do want to find out more, you know? And mm. like some things do, le- you, know, you know, some th- things do feel like they need answers and stuff. I, I just... Like I, I, you know, there's there's so much ambiguity in that film. You know, it's 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 intent, it's seemingly intentionally mysterious in a lot of ways. And I thought it was, I, I you know, I I really liked it. Um, you know, like uh, I'm I like I'm again, I'm not. It's got, I think it's got a hundred on Metacritic. I wouldn't give it a hundred out of a hundred. Um, you know, I I I'd give it, you know, I wouldn't give it a hundred. I'm not saying it's the best film ever made ever, and nothing oh. will ever come close. Which is what a hundred out of a hundred you know, average mark by critics mean, yeah. says. 
you know, but like, you know, uh, like Pride only has 80, I think. Uh, and I, I, I enjoyed Prime, Pride more, uh, I think. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah. let's, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, it's because there's so many different films and there's a lot of films that cater for certain audiences. And LGBT is a bit, has very limited, um, I was going to say buffet for catering, but I feel like I'm getting going to be crossing too many metaphors if I keep going down this route. But um, like, you're not going to like every film, and everyone's no. not going to like produce every film. But that's why I think it's important we discuss all these films because some of the films that are like, are like you won't like, and it's just it's natural. But we need more LGBT cinema so that everyone can at least find one film they really like or one film that represents them. I'm going to keep just going back to this, but I guess. We've rambled on so well, so so well, so long, and I feel like we've we're not. Yeah, we're not, I just noticed not, how, what time is it? Yeah, we're not going to get more profound than this. I think. I think we've 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 used yeah. our brain cells of the day. So, does anyone have any closing remarks? Um, I mean, I think we could. I do would it. have an honourable mention. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just uh, a recommendation for our viewers because I also don't think you have seen the film, but it's on Netflix. It's called Your Name in Great Arain. Arain. I don't know how mm. to pronounce that word, but it's a Taiwanese film um, about two boys. And not only is it is it a non-English speaking cinema on Netflix, it's available on Netflix, so you have no excuses, people. Um, <laughs> and it's really good. It's quite long, so Jack. Be, you, you have been warned but yeah I really like the film and it's quite cute it's well acted and yeah and also just like different because it's a different experience and we have to remember that while in the UK and the US it's actually quite like getting slowly quite comfortable to be a queer most of the world is still not unfriendly still, is still not friendly um, and we need to at least hear those stories and be aware of what it's like somewhere yeah. else. I haven't seen the film, so I can't, you know, comment. But yeah, you're right. We do need to, you know, listen to more voices and stuff. Mm. Uh, like, uh, like, um, uh, I was gonna say, like, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I need to watch more Iranian cinema. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen that many films from Iran, but I've, the ones I have seen, like, um, well, like, technically. Like um, uh, a girl walks home alone at night was uh, nominated for a BAFTA, best British oh. film, I think, because it was like, uh, yeah, I think so. I, I might be wrong in that, or it, you know, but uh, it was because I think it was because it was funded by British people. But it, I, and I'm, f- I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure it was filmed and stuff. Um, but it, yeah, there's that, and then it's Under the Shadow, which I think, yeah, uh, like, but that is Iranian. Um, that is fantastic and stuff, and it's just like uh, I, I think there needs to be a kind of way of introducing to more films just randomly. You know, if you just go, mm. I just want to look at Iranian films though as well. It's like there's so many, you know, there's you know, it's African cinema, you know, it's Ugandan, like Nollywood, you know, Nigerian films. I, I have watched a few of those, and honestly, uh, like I didn't quite get it. Um, but uh, like, uh, like, uh, but you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, like, yeah, just just having more stories and more people, I think, is just always going to be a good thing. Really. Yeah, and also even like different approaches to shooting a film, because there are very like subtle but noticeable differences uh, in between different countries' cinemas, and I really like to like. I usually can't even describe the differences, but I I can feel. The different feel of uh, international cinema, 
and it's very interesting to to watch how differently you can shoot film yeah i guess listeners if you're listening and you have films you want to recommend to us we will always take up recommendations because even when it comes yeah, to on scheduling facebook anchor just anywhere hit us up with films you like or films that you think we haven't mentioned and stuff but i guess i guess we should round up for this week and we'll continue next week because we are only on the second letter of lgbt so wait you know we also oh. did second letter last week as well like <laughs> fucking it says a lot yeah yeah overrepresentation you know what i mean like yeah but it's actually a reflection of what hollywood is like yeah it is overrepresented with gay men hopefully in the future this podcast could do could do one where it's all properly spaced out and representation is equal but yeah like uh yeah one day we'll we'll also do a podcast where (laughs) we plan it out properly so thank you guys for all listening tune in again next week when we'll continue our rambling and talking about lgbt cinema i want to thank you both for coming on and rambling again with me and letting me ramble inviting us and so yes if you want to get in contact with anything we've said or want to recommend us find us at film unit on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, or email us at um, filmunit filmunit at sheffield.ac.uk. And again, thank you for listening, and have a great week. It's been emotional. Bye! This week's episode was hosted by Jack Denny, Morgan Westwood-Cook, and Asha Stepaniak. It was edited and produced by Asha Stepaniak. Our editor-in-chief is Gwynny Naylor. Graphics for the podcast were designed by Imogen Self. Film Unit is a volunteer-run cinema in the University of Sheffield Students' Union. You can learn more about our filmunit.org.uk or our social media channels at Film Unit.